3D6 down the line. Okay, we're back. Oh. It's uh, episode 41 in the books. Well done. Great session. That was awesome. Tons of fun. That Classic. was like the perfect session, man. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're just telling, very, just very telling very that it was old school. Yeah. Like I just, the combat, John, you were pushing it fast. Mm -hmm. That was cool. The like, the puzzles, the, the the arming traps, the crap scaring the crap out of us on the other side of the door. Had it yeah. all, baby. Yeah, it, it really, really was. Did. It was like it was like it was a classic section section uh, session of Dungeons and Dragons. It really was. It yeah. really was. Yeah, c I mean, combat, random encounters, traps. Um, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, it was good, good, good shit. Uh, I think that that Thoth Isis set puzzle was really interesting because it it really makes me reconsider what's going on up in that the Hall of Shrines. Right. Or yeah. Hall of Heroes or whatever we were calling it. Like, because um, I feel like we were, I mean, we were very low level and um, we just got out of a bad situation. We all had, you know, PTSD up in there. Right. I feel a lot more confident about going back there and mm -hmm. trying some puzzles, which yep. I'm convinced they are. I don't think they're all like deadly traps. Exactly. I think they're puzzles, but like, I liked this one because it was, you know, you enter the room a thing starts to happen. There's a puzzle to solve and a monster to distract you from doing it. Right. Yeah. Basically, yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a well-designed encounter. I got to you, say, you're th definitely thinking on really smart tracks there, Ted, because you're thinking about the, the history of the place. Once again, I've, I've pushed this again, like like every room has a purpose, right? It's not just mm -hmm. there to be a cool thing to interact with for PCs, right? The, um, there, there was a purpose for this, for the Thoth priesthood and thinking upon that purpose, um, can help you weigh risks, right? right. Um, uh, you know, like this, you know, this was, this was an area of worked Arkantian stone. It wasn't necessarily hidden, right? Um, right. Right. Uh, and it, it was accessible. So it means that, at one point this was interacted with, with it by the Thoth priesthood. So to what purpose? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's a mystery to me. And and this is the weird thing because so like, you know, in, in reality, in our earth, you know, if you were to have a priesthood gather around a temple, there would be, you know, shrines and, and prayer stations and altars and all sorts of things for priesthood to interact with in which right. they would, you know, initiate themselves into the mysteries and, you know, become deeper and deeper engaged with the religion. Yeah. But, you know, let's face it, the ISIS statue doesn't come to life and pop out a little statue and the set starts spitting snakes at you. So, you know, we're dealing with a little bit of extra level of, of danger here for as, as, as adventurers. But I, I gotta say that is a weird thing to put in your temple. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. For the, yeah, for the yeah. priesthood, like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're the new guy. Uh, if you want to become a second level neophyte, you got to go in there and uh, talk to ISIS. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Right, right. <laughs> like, like a way to haze them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but, What's going on? but you're definitely thinking they're on the right tracks too about like the like calling the mysteries uh, mysteries of the cult, mysteries of the priesthood. Right, mm -hmm. it's a huge thing, especially for Thoth. Right, which is like the you know the keeper of secrets of, of knowledge and stuff like that. They're like it, it, inducting into the secrets w it was a, a rigorous task, you know. Um, and also keep in mind too that uh, when you step down in there, Mort initially, um, that only two of those statues, seemingly arbitrarily, Isis and Set. That uh, is a good point. In, none of the wow. other five, uh, uh, the other um, four, um, did anything. 
right? So just be aware. Maybe that's you know, interesting. So depending on the time of day you enter, or how many mm. people enter, or anything, mm. it or also is it just on a cycle, or is it just on right. a cycle? Like this time it was set and ISIS, but what's the next one? Um, and and they weren't they weren't even diametrically opposed, but uh, right. locationally. Notice that, yeah. And um, it almost to me it, it felt like watching like one of those Swiss clocks, like one of those really ornate Swiss clocks, right? Where the <laughs> little figures come out and they you know do stuff and then they go back in. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's probably kind of like what this is on some it, level. It makes me wonder if because we've encountered other, you know, various shrine-like spaces like this one. Mm-hmm. And and this is big picture, and I don't have any clue on how to actually sort this one out. But, you know, let's say for the sake of argument, throughout Ardenvul and all these different levels and so on, there's like 10 of these, right? Let's say you interact with all 10. Does some new thing open up or bigger mystery reveal itself? You know, like if you collect, you know, the seven parts of the rod of uh, infinite Thothian wisdom or something like the, you know, the chasm closes or opens up even further and reveals a whole nother temple. Who knows? You know, this is right. guys the limit with this stuff, but I, I have yet to see in one of these spaces, something that like, feels like if we took that with us, then that's part of a puzzle kind of thing. Well, you've so got, um, maybe not with it. About, oh, go ahead. John, no, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Ted, I'm wondering if it's also a mistake to remove that statuette because it might be part of yeah. another puzzle in that room. Like, what if the next part of it is Horus, like putting out his hand to weigh the dead or like, well, I don't know my Egyptian right. mythology, right? but it could be something like that. And you might need to have something that heavy and concentrated to get through the next part. So I almost feel like rather than just shoving it in Laryl's sack and forgetting about it for 30 sessions, maybe next session when we have David and Matt here or whatever, go back in there and try and figure out those other, the other mechanisms, you know, maybe. Yeah. I got um, no problem with that. I don't know how much oil we've got left. Right. Get out of here. But um, well, we can always pull one a day out of Laryl's sack, but that is only one a day. One a day. You know, a lot of time in darkness. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we can hang out in the fountain room, I guess. But at some point, yeah. we're going to start with. Yeah, um, but I, I do like the idea of going back and re-engaging with that room, especially while you can see magic. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. if something else, I don't really want to fight more snakes. But if something else right. happens, that would be really good to know. Um, and I also really want to go back up to the hall, the hall of shrines now, and yeah. muck around some of those little nooks. I mean, it doesn't really change for us that we still have to try and figure out a secure area. Um, that obelisk of death is a little bit concerning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of down on this spot now as being <laughs> not a um, great safe space. I, thought the, I, mean, I, said it jo- I said it jokingly during the session, but that is a big, with all the Egyptian theme going on here, and now there's like giant pillar of death magic or whatever. It's very Warhammer 40k Necrons, you know? It's kind of like I'm like waiting for guys with big Gauss rifles to start appearing next to the pillar and like blasting us. And you see so, no indication of like uh, like radiant evil like that from any, from any um, uh, manifestation of Thoth you know, or, or indication of the priesthood. But, but but what we have known, right? Because it's only because I have this like third eye thing going on that we no. were able to recognize it. You, you, you would, said because, we were, oh. yeah. Oh, you guys knew too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They did, but they didn't see. They didn't see the source of it. You saw the source of it. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Oh my god, it's pretty handy. Like knowing yeah. that. Yeah. And once so again, remember will... you were you were only viewing it with dark vision. I mean, with infravision. So, um, you know, you did not get a good look at that thing at all. You know, basically, like, I mean, uh, I... that's not cool, and sh shut the door. Um, but well, you know, not... as, as far as assessing safety, though, um, you, you, you have to wait for yourself. But there's a door that is shut away from that thing, and then you've also got the door shutting you away from the stairwell right here as well. So, um, well, we were thinking yeah. in long-term safety, like, could oh, this safety be our even? territory? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't like, you know, it's, it's something that Garolad doesn't seem to know about so far. And so far it seems like the goblins have been having a hard time <laughs> surviving to get here. So those doors right. may be one way. There is right. indication uh, though, that they, they have been pushing, right? Yeah. They, they they made their way to that across that bridge, right? Again, mm. yeah. And as far as we know, there's still that hole in the wall that we knocked through there to go when we cleaned out um, Plumthorn's gang, right? So did we see that hole had been repaired or anything like that, John? Or did we just not uh, have time to look? Would you have seen it with the distance? Yeah, you probably would have seen. It. Yeah. So uh, no, it looks like that uh, had not been repaired. Okay. So, they potentially have the ibis headed monster like wandering <laughs> their back door like every every couple of days, you know. Um, That's right on top of them there, yeah. With that yeah. not being prepared, yeah. and it looks like there was right. no survivors for that little exploratory thing there, right? Like there was three, and they're all dead. Um, so, um, it, you know, you can, might have to think about the time frame there, like how soon will the goblins start to wonder where they went, and do they give a shit? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you did kind of indicate, though, that they're kind of used to, a, a, like, losses, and they don't really worry about them too much, you know? Um, remember when we were out in the big in the big debouche room and there was that big scorched mark and, like, a bunch of dead yeah. ones? They just kind of were, like, sadly yeah. dragging their bodies away and just being like, eh. Yeah, <laughs> so, they, they take risks. They, they push. Yeah. yeah, they definitely do. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you can, you can take a look at the map. I mean, like, across that bridge, it, it is not a far distance right to the heart of the old Plumthorn territory. Like, oh, right, where you're back, right where the scouring took place. You know what I mean? You're like, you yeah. were right there, pretty much. Yeah. Um, good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was some classic, classic dungeon crawling. And your, your old school skills came into play big time. And you didn't take a scratch. There was danger. No, like, didn't. One no, point on more from that point. first snake. Oh, that's right. You're right. I thought, yeah. Nice yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot about that. But yeah, of all those characters to be out there making those poison saves, man, you and I are the ones that yeah, right are on, perfect. <laughs> Got sixes for your saving throws? I didn't even know. I thought they were at eights, but I guess you went uh, up a bracket or something. Huh? Honey yeah. badges. Uh, yeah. 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 I think I'm the honey badges. That's so, it's so ridiculous. It's such a good save. It's so ridiculous. So good. Yeah. 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 At level four, I go from eight to six. Yeah. And so, uh, our next saves, they, I think it drops to four. It's like stupid. Yeah. Where's level the bottom? Where's the I'll bottom out? Um, so I can only go up to eighth level. And at that point, I'll be four, five, six, seven, eight for my saves. Just <laughs> I'm looking at dwarves. Oh my God. The dwarf goes down to two. Yup. What? Yeah, dude. But we can go higher level than you. Yeah. Let's crack a snack. God, your highest it. level. So what, and you, hey, and you, actually, you hit that at tenth. Two, three, four, four, six. That's that's just sick. <laughs> yeah. so like dwarves on. rule. I don't yeah. care what anyone else says. Dwarves are the best, and they always will be. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. What? Yep. So, John, what's uh, you know, Mort hits eighth level. 
that's it for him. Uh, the other players can keep going for a few more levels in some cases. Yep. There, what, there are, what are rules we, going past those levels. Are you going to use those or no? Yeah. Yeah. It's no. It's just the thing where you get like what you get an extra couple of hit points every every uh, thing you know. But that, that's at, at, at that point you know. I mean you you would you would get those little bonuses until everyone else maxes out. Then we have to reassess for domain level play and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I mean I mean I, I have no idea what the future will bring because uh, you know it's it's. Uh, not territory that I was very uh, commonly in when I was first experiencing no, these editions. Yeah, never. I yeah. never got a, a first edition character up past like probably like third or fourth level. Yeah, and that third. could still very well be the case. So tamper your expectations. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like if you, I'm already fifth, man. What are you talking about? This is my highest level character that I've ever done in like like yeah. basically basic or or AD and D or whatever. Well, you can you imagine know? if you just had one shitty roll on that saving throw in that combat. Yep. You know, say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. That was it. Was there you know? venom that poisonous? Uh, yeah. Po- po- I mean, there's very few. It's, it's actually more frequent, much more frequent for poison just to be death than it is to right. be some sort of other kind of poison. That's why it's rolled into like the death saving throw, like death and poison, right? right? Um, it's not just damage. It's not yeah. just like additional damage or anything like that. So, um, I was kind of confronted with that a little bit today. I was running my 5e game for my kids, and I had a ghast and four ghouls come after them, mm. and I could not get one of them to say to fail their fucking saving throw. It was the most frustrating wow. thing. Now I'm straight by the I'm straight by the rolls, the rolls of the rolls, right? So mm. if one of them had gotten paralyzed and like all the rest of one of them did go unconscious, I had the gas pick them up. And was going to run out the door with them, like, you know, to eat them later kind of thing. Um, they managed to kill him before that happened. But I was just like, I can't get any of you guys to make fail saving throw. Yeah. This is, like, ridiculous. The saves are, like, yeah, I, it, It's happened to me, like, a number of times where, like, the the the, the enemy's, like, really cool ability never never pops off in, in any addition yeah. to the game. But I always kind yeah. of feel like if you get out of that combat safe and never see it, then it'll be all that much worse when you re-encounter them and assume that they never had anything. And then it, then it does go off. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you, right. you, get, a little, you get a little sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately so. I did telegraph it. I did the whole, you feel your muscles kind of starting to lock up, but then you fight your way through it kind of thing. And they're uh-huh. like, yeah. And uh-huh. now they're like wandering down into like the Warren where they all came from. And I'm just like, this is a bad idea, guys. All right. <laughs> this is how we learn. <laughs> Game on. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, well, youth. Yep. Yeah, we would never yeah. do something that crazy. We would never open the door to the evil column of pure energy. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm playing oh, back through the events of this session and just imagining like what Matt and David would have done in these similar situations. You know, this um, we didn't do enough to fuck with David, Ted. You and I kind of. We, I know we, he would have really fucked with you to. in that in that in that obelisk room. You think you think, oh. you think David would have straight up walked out of that obelisk room without without actually going down that cliff? <laughs> would have wanted to go in for sure. Yeah. Well, I, you know what though? We don't want to deny him that opportunity. He's literally the guy who wanted to throw himself in the fire because he thought it was illusion. Like I'm like, we got to let this play out. <laughs> Still open, just I right around the corner. To see him do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like oh, there's that. I hate to have him lose a fifth level character or a fourth. I guess he is, but like. I kind of wanted him to just be like, yeah, I'm doing it. Be like, all right, He's, man. You know, David doesn't give a shit. He'll do it. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit, but I do. I don't want to lose like a powerful fourth level of magic using character. Like I'm like, no, no, David. No. So I was literally going to yank the rope out and like not let him jump into the, into the fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing so, to keep in mind. Actually, now that I think about it is um, you have a, 
uh, well, you've actually played this card, Mike, um, earlier, is that you've got um, a wealth of actual arcane stuff that Onweir can't use. Yeah. Um, and it just needs to find the right hands. Um, but yes. if you if you can get that shit in a spell book and get someone to use it, like you're going to have a whole another side of, of I know. Of power. This is yeah. why I really want to have a. Um, uh, this is why I really want my next like hireling, if I can find one, to be a wizard. Mm-hmm. To be a wizard, or you know, obviously a thief would still be very useful. Um, but I'm not going to hire another dwarf. We have one. I'm the dwarf. Yeah. Right? Well, you so, got the you got that open line of communication. There's a chance for Adelrod the Gray to. to yeah, perhaps... I'm a little worried that he'll outrank me in levels because you know dwarves go pretty slow. <laughs> so well, so the, so, so the magic user. Thing, though, like, I would I agree. I would love to have a magic user, a proper magic user in the party, not one of these illusionists. You know, <laughs> a real magic user. Uh, but the thing, like you've mentioned it before, Mike, the thing that makes a real magic user like extra tasty is right now we have the funds, but not the time to sit around and build a crap ton of scrolls and that kind of thing, you know, make some potions or whatever. Um, You know, we, I mean, we could have the time, but we've chosen to be cognizant of the uh, things happening around us rather than say, let's go back to Gostrick for two months and write 50 scrolls build a whole shit ton of potions and come back and discover that like now the king of the goblins is sitting in the ruby throne mm-hmm. and he's got Garelad in a gimp suit right in front of him and <laughs> he ruled all of Ardenvul and like, oh, you already found all this stuff. Okay, well, I guess we're too late, you know? like no, it's, You're absolutely right, though, but that's that's almost why I think not domain play necessarily, but having a stable location inside the dungeon where they where these things can happen off the screen, right? Our party can be out adventuring while my hireling is copying shit into a spell book and writing scrolls and like whatever. And then we come back in two weeks and he's like, my spell book's good to go. I'm ready to go, you know, or right. in a month or whatever. Now, the thing that is mind blowing to me is that we just played 41 <laughs> sessions of this game over the course of a year and it's only been like a month of game time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That is concerning. And I think that plays to your yeah. point about like, we're just like running and gunning in here and um, our pace is faster than we can really like sustain, you know, to be honest. Like, um, we've, we've session 39, 39A, 40 and 41 have all been the 30th of Lugarios. Mm-hmm. Like, we left. I left Codswallop studying Mithric. He hasn't learned shit yet. <laughs> like we're, yeah. You know, we've only been gone for, you know, 12 hours or something at right. this point. Maybe and, probably 16 or 17. But and, and the a point good being, like, no. like, a lot can happen to us in the dungeon while your wizard has barely gotten the first scroll started. I know. Obviously. So, yeah. You know. What were you going to say, John? Uh, I was just going to say that a big chunk of the middle of Lagarios was actually spent in Gosterwick identifying items. Um, you know, there's like six days in yeah, there that was just like hand, yeah. hand waved. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. worth it. Important. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I'd had Codswallop start learning Mythric. You know, that week, but right. I don't think I don't know if we had the book yet at that point. It's fine. Point being, we've you know, there's a lot of things you can do that we've chosen we're not going to do because we're going to do it this other way. And I'm just going to miss some of those things like the studying and the spell preparation and that kind of stuff. But it's fun because I'm having a blast killing snakes. I haven't 
to your point though, man, we, we need to, we need to be able to vary that up a little bit. Right. And I, I think we are running and gunning right now because we have no safe Harbor. And I think that is a big deal. Um, because I, frankly, I think you guys are overplaying the worry about Gosterwick being safe or not safe. Yes. Wick trimmer is a problem. Yes. Lady Alexia is a problem, et cetera, potentially, but I, I also think, think we can, we can, she's we can not in Gosterwick. Is she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. I thought she was in the next town over. No, that's her half brother who, who rules her brother. Yeah. And she's, right. she's contesting his claim and that's why she wants the regalia. That's but I'm just right. saying, it's like, yes, of course she wants to regalia, but 80,000 gold buys her a lot of mercenaries to help contest that that claim. Like, we have other leverages that we haven't really, like, really influenced yet in Gosterwick. I definitely think that we are at a point in our adventuring careers where if we don't set up as major powers, because that's ridiculous, right? We could set up enough of a, a presence in Gosterwick to not be total schlubs that Wick Trimmer can come in and knock off anytime he wants to, right? Like, I think, I think there's room for that. But part of the problem is, is getting to and from Gosterwick nonstop, carrying treasure, all the rest of yeah. that. Like, it feels like we still need to have, like, a base of operations in the dungeon. Because then if we want to take two weeks to write scrolls, the rest of our party can still have spies and all kinds of things out Correct. in the middle of the dungeon yes. to keep track of right. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get that by getting a lot sure. of funds. Getting a lot of funds and getting a reputation. Yeah. We've got the money. We just need to find the spot. And and, and also yeah. situating yourself politically amongst the factions within the dungeon that where you would be okay with spending two weeks studying and stuff like that, where you're like, okay, we can push forward the times because uh, I'm okay with what the factions might do. And that's right. two weeks, two weeks. Like, like if you ally yourselves with the goblins, then okay. If they decide to expand, then that's okay with me because we're allies with them. You know what I mean? That, that sort of thing. Um, right. Uh, but right now uh, you have to kind of, you've been asking yourselves this for the past couple of sessions is, is how much do you have to worry about what Garalad, um, what you, mm. what you think Garalad will do based upon his, his, his actions thus far? Uh, you know, can you afford for time to be wasted now you know right um and if you're okay with it then you're okay with it. that's totally cool you know but that but definitely a, a, another motive just to establish a safe haven within the dungeon which is always what david has been pushing right, um, right. i still think the most fun thing to do here faction wise right now is to figure out some way to open up an avenue from the goblins to garalad's area and let them let the fecundity of the goblins be tested against the viciousness of the four-armed baboons, right? Because even those four-armed baboons would have a hard time fighting 20 or 30 goblins at one time, you know? So yeah. I don't know. So the problem with that, though, to... is that they have fecundity, but they also have extreme cowardice. Um, they, are, they are very much like a combat as war sort of um, race, right? Like where it's like unless they have overwhelming numbers and confidence that they right. will win. That's, that's why they took down the Darlings. They're like, right. they, and they were like, wait a second. You mean there's only like six people up there when there used to be a whole bunch of halflings? It's like, well, right. fuck those guys. You know what I mean? You know, and they, they right. went up there. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing though. I'm not sure I really want to see the goblins and the, and the baboons fight because then one of them wins. And if we're not there to manage that victory, uh, let's assume the goblins win. They will just move in. Yeah. Right. And don't disagree with that, but I also don't think that that's something that they can pull off very quickly, because no, Cisco, Trefco, and what was it? I'm Ursko? just extrapolating out. Like I'm not worried about the actual tactics of fighting goblin versus baboon. I'm just saying the eventual victory of one side or the other strengthens the winner, and 
leaves open bare territory. We've already seen what happens with power vacuums. You know, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I, I agree we need to find a safe haven, but I'm I'm kind of of the like, don't rock the boat too much kind of thing and, and let the power groups have their territory because we've already seen what happens when you, you create a power vacuum. Well, mm-hmm. right. And obviously the deeper we go into the dungeon, the more that becomes a problem because um, it's hard to get supplies and troops and guards and construction work done three levels down when you're surrounded by these guys. But, but that's yeah. why I think making an ally of like the goblins and getting on their side would actually be really, really good. Like, Frankly, I would be okay allying with uh, Garalad, except he threw us in prison. He tortured us. He cut off uh, Avaricios's hand, and well, those fucking those fucking monkeys eat people. And I'm kind of like, eh, I mean, granted, the goblins probably do too, but whatever. You know, it's protein. You gotta. You know, it's hard to get down here. Some work always felt about it. Yeah. So, but you know what I'm um, saying is that Garalad doesn't yeah. feel as safe an option as the goblins do. No, I I totally agree with that. Anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe in the next couple of sessions, depending on what happens here on our way out, we, sh- I, yeah, I'm, I've, Mort's come to terms with that. We gotta, we're gonna, he's gonna have to goblin up and, and meet with the, you know, finally have the parlay that we've discussed. Hey, man, and we're think- in a really good spot to be doing that now, right? Because yeah. we are right next door to them. We could literally. Once we navigate the spider room and the weird scritchy scritchy sound, we could wander over there, knock on their door and be like, you guys are having some problems and we are here to help, Mm. you know? I have a thought about that room. Uh, Not the contents of the room, but the possibility the doors are one way. Right. If we, because I think we need to know, right? So if we split up and half of us go to the, on that east wall, half of us go to the north door, half of us go to the south door. And one group opens it, goes through and lets it close and then tries to open it. If they can, great. If they can't open it, then the other one is open and we can still decide what we want to do. We should definitely have Lizbeth do that because she is by far and away the most useless uh, NPC that we have. Or Matt's going to have something to say when he hears this one. <laughs> ah, it's all right, Matt. It's all love, but you brought some hippy-dippy weirdo on our adventure. She's going to drop that fairy fire, and it's going to be awesome. Just wait. <laughs> Whoa, that would man. be great. Yeah. <laughs> She's got crystals, you know, and like little sachets of some of some fragrant herbs. And Was it Matt that said it like he pictured her as Janice from the Muppets? <laughs> hey, man. That's wow. That's all right we'll leave it there because i I picture is also having like those harem pants you know like you used to see in the parking lot at the dead shows you know oh yeah (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) we gotta get yost we gotta get yost those like 80s like football zupa zupo pants the big puffy ones with the stripes (laughs) on them and shit oh my god (laughs)